0: Major League Manager with the Mets, Steve Phillips. Steve, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Jim. Good to be with you.
0: Our pleasure to have you. So th- this series, I mean, it, again, the, the the starting pitchers tonight are, are negotiable in that they could be really good or not. How do you read the starting game that way?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Both guys coming off the injured list to, to make the start tonight. And Tyone, uh, for the Yankees, uh, Jameson Tyone's had an ankle issue. Obviously, for him, Jim Ryu, he just he needed – I guess neck spasms, he had a forearm strain and and they both I think they're both question marks coming into the game. It could very well be that whichever starter lasts longer in the game, his team will win uh and you know ideally, from the jays perspective, you know they would love to score some runs early and build in some margin for error because for Ryu, you know he really needs to be able to attack the zone with strike one. And then he can start to expand the strike zone from there. And and if he gets a lead, I think it gives him more confidence to go out there and throw strikes and, and not try to miss bats and try to, you know, trick a hitter and throw it off the plate and get him to chase. Because they don't chase if you don't throw it over. They only chase if they're behind the defensive and the count. So I think strike one's gonna be critical for both pitchers, both guys. Neither of them are overpowering pitchers. And I think the changeup in the cutter are going to be critical for Ryu to run the cutter in on the hands of the right-handed hitters and then to sink it away from the big right-handed power bats of the New York Yankees.
0: Uh, So if it's negotiable tonight, it's really not the next two nights. There's some great pitching matchups there. Uh, Take us through Barrios and Collett and Ray and Kluber. Those are fantastic outings.
1: Yeah, they really are, and so, I mean, the, the only thing that could be better is quite possibly Ray and Cole going head-to-head, as they're probably one and two in the Cy Young balloting, uh, but, you know, Garrett Cole uh, was really good his last time out uh, and uh, against the Red Sox, and then they ended up blowing that game late, but he threw the ball well, uh, and so I do expect that, that he's going to come out and be on top of his game. and. You know, for Brios, it's got to be the the breaking ball for him. has to be effective against the right-handed hitters. You know, they, they're they such a right-hand dominant lineup. I know they added Gallo and they added uh, uh, Rizzo, but it's the big right-handed bats that are swinging it. Judge and Stan primarily are really swinging the bat well right now, uh, and you need to neutralize those guys and keep them in the ballpark. And so that slider can do it. The, you know, well, he calls it a curveball, but that breaking ball can do it uh, and still be a really effective pitch for him as he sweeps it across the zone. Uh, and so that's going to be a great matchup. There's no doubt. And then, you know, for Kluber, Kluber's hittable right now. Uh He's not the same Corey Kluber that used to pitch in, in Cleveland. Uh And, you know, his thing is he just wants to bend but not break. He doesn't want to give up four runs in an inning. He'll give up a run here and there and just try to keep the game close. He's not as overpowering as he once was. He doesn't command his pitches as he once did. Uh, and so I think they're, you know, they're, they're three really good matchups of starting pitchers. Uh, tonight, uncertainty for both. Uh, tomorrow, you know, a young stud against, uh, Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, and then, and Robbie Ray, the Cy Young leader in the American League against Kluber. And so, uh, you know, runs make, you know, we always look at it and think, well, oh, geez, it might be tough to score, but these are two offenses that are hard to hold down. If you make a mistake, both teams can hit it out of the ballpark. And it's probably going to end up that whichever team hits more home runs ends up winning the games and ends up winning the
0: series. I mean, they have some similarities. I get stuck trying to figure out. uh, I think I I understand the Jays better than I do the Yankees. The Yankees seem to be prone to really long uh, uh, sort of runs of success and failure. So I I sort of, like going into the weekend series in Boston, I never expected they would do what they did. And And I guess I'm trying to figure out who are the real Yankees. What's the answer to that?
1: Yeah, well, the reason that they get streaky on the upside is that, you know, they can get a decent outing from starters, but their offense carries them. But the reason they can't sustain consistent performance is they don't have the pitching to do it. Uh And so they get inconsistent starts, and offense at times can come and go, Uh and, and that's really been their issue is that they've won a lot, they've lost a lot because they get streaky with their pitching and with their hitting. Uh, their bullpen is really questionable now they've gotten Luis Severino back in the bullpen, and there's a the thought they're going to get Jonathan Loizaga who's been one of their best relievers, if not their best reliever, he's got a chance to be back now i It feels like to me they're rushing Loizaga back uh but you know they've overworked the bullpen because the starters haven't gone deep in the game. Chapman's not quite the same guy he used to be, uh and so I you know there's a vulnerability in the bullpen where that was always sort of the lockdown. Part of it, if you didn't have the lead against the Yankees by the sixth or seventh inning, you weren't going to beat them. But they're vulnerable now. And you can, so, you know, from the Jays' perspective, they just put together consistent at-bats. And, you know, the sign of a good bullpen is not only holding the lead, it's holding the deficit. Hold, you know, hold the game. You're down 4-2. Hold it there and allow your offense a chance to come back and win the game. Uh, and, you know, I think the Blue Jays right now have more weapons in their bullpen than do the, uh, the Yankees. And, and so I think there's you know maybe a slight advantage on Toronto's part with where they've gone with their bullpen as opposed to the Yankees. And I think Severino is the real wild card in that for the New York Yankees.
0: So let's go over this. What, what are the keys for the Yankees to get in, the Jays, and the Red Sox, all three of them? What has to happen here?
1: Well, here's the thing is that, that we've got a chance at a four-way tie. The Seattle Mariners are a game, you know, now what uh, uh uh half game behind the Blue Jays. Uh and they're a game and a half behind Boston. Seattle plays Oakland two more games. They've won 10 straight games against the Oakland A's. Uh and if they win those two and they sweep the Angels in the final weekend series, uh and the Blue Jays uh win two out of 3 against the Yankees and then sweep the Orioles and if the Red Sox win two out of three against Baltimore and two out of three against Washington, and the Yankees lose two out of three to the, the Jays and then win two out of three against the Rays, we've got a four-way tie for the 2 wild out-card oh. spots. Uh, and so we really have – and, like, that's possible. Seattle has owned the Oakland A's, uh, you know, this year. They've won ten straight games against them. Uh, and, you know, they're, they've got a chance to beat the Angels who are, have already, you know, been eliminated. Uh, and so, like, all of this could possibly happen. So the Blue Jays need to take care of business. The key is going to be keep the game close. Let your offense beat the Yankee bullpen and out bullpen them, uh, to close it out. And if there's a day you can outslug them, but you might have to steal a game from Avaldis Chapman in the ninth, and it's doable this year because he's not nearly as dominating as he has been. Uh, and so, uh, you know, don't make mistakes. Keep yourself there and try to get it done. Uh, for the Red Sox, you know, their schedule's the easiest. I mean, Baltimore and then Washington, two last place teams. Uh, and the Yankees have to play the, you know, the Jays and they have to play the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays say they want Toronto, which means that they're going to fire on all cylinders against the Yankees. And you don't have to worry about the Rays. You know, like a lot of times that last series, the team that's gonna to go to the playoffs they're gonna get their their guys rested, they're gonna get you know you know they're lined up they're all the same player, like everybody they play is the same guy like if you sit one guy, the other guy's just as good as the guy you sat, and so they're still gonna be very competitive on that last weekend. uh It doesn't matter who they play and who they don't, they're all sort of you know above average, and so I think it's gonna be a challenge for the Yankees now they've got more margin for error than Boston does, but I think it's probably going to end up uh, that the Blue Jays and the Yankees get in, uh, and the Red Sox, you know, end up uh, faltering.
0: I mean, I couldn't imagine a better closing week, because really all four of these teams have to play the remaining games, and for Seattle it's five, everybody else it's six, like they're in the playoffs right now, don't they?
1: Right. Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, look, I think that, that as long as the Jays take care of business, against the Yankees and put themselves in a position that last weekend, you're going to see them play at a very high level against Baltimore. Uh, and the Orioles have a chance to to really disrupt this. They play the Red Sox for three, and then they play the Jays for three. They could, they could rally and, and elevate their game to be able to, you know, try to knock one of these two teams out. Um, and uh, I just love it. I, look, there's a likelihood is that we end up with a game 163, and I think for the Jays, that's probably more likely than, than than the others. I think it's the only way Seattle can get in is that people fall back to them because they're going to need a couple teams to fall back. And the likelihood is one of them will probably end in a tie. And I think the Jays and, and Red Sox uh, uh, could potentially end up in a tie uh, and uh, have to have a one-game playoff. And uh, I, as I as I remember looking at that, uh, I think that the uh, uh, the Red Sox have no, the Jays have a slight advantage. I think they've won ten, uh, they won the series ten nine. I got to double check that whether that one sixty three would be played in Boston or Toronto. But uh, I think there's a shot that the Jays could end up with having to play that one extra game to then get into the wild card game, which then makes the run after that even more difficult.
0: Yeah, I am just going to ask you to go through that that tie break again. I mean, obviously if the if the if the uh, the wild card the, the second team in the wild card race and, and the one on the outside are tied, we understand what happens there. But what if there's a three-way tie? They all yeah. have the same the same record. Right. How does that get broken?
1: So, uh the team that has the best record against each other gets to choose first about whether they're going to be team A, B, or C. Now, team A Uh, can play, uh, would have to play at home against Team B. uh, And if they win, though, they have to then go to the next round uh, and play Team C. Team C, though, would play only one game, but they would have to play it on the road. Uh, But, you Uh. know, the question is, you get your choice of who you want to be, and the likelihood is that I would probably choose to be C, which would mean that I would play only one game, even if it's a road game, and I'd make the other two teams play each other, burn a starting pitcher, and then have to yeah. play at which either one of those win, I uh, have a chance to play at their stadium. And so, uh, you know, I think that that the likelihood is that that um, you know, and and I got I don't know exactly. I think the Red Sox right now have the advantage over the Yankees. I know they have that. They won the series this year. And I think they might have the edge over the Rays this year uh, or the Jays this year. So they'd probably get to pick who they want to be. And then it would be the Jays hosting the Yankees at home. And then the winner of that would host the Red Sox.
0: Okay, I hate to do this, but anybody listening would, would be thinking this. So what if there's a four-way tie? I mean, that, that's got to be the yeah. ultimate
1: complication. Right. How do you then break what that? what you do is you drop back and punt. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so then what happens is you're going to have two teams, uh, two, two game series. Then the winners will play each other to see who advances as the wild card team. Wow. So, I mean, it's yeah. Fun it's going to, it's going to be so great. I, I, I'm praying for the four game, 14 team tie. That would be amazing.
0: And and just to sort of put in the wild card for the Jays' roster, with George Springer back, finding his offense, playing uh, in the outfield, that's got to be the ultimate uh, booster rocket for this team, don't you think?
1: Especially with Gurriel, right? The the Lourdes Gurriel injury is one that's going to be really interesting to see uh, what that's like. Now, we also know Aaron Judge dislocated his pinky in that game on Sunday against uh, the Red Sox. Now, he popped it back in, and he said he's done it before, so I suspect he's going to be Okay. But the Gurriel finger injury, where he had the couple stitches put in, it would sure be good to have his bat back in the lineup. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether that's DH or whether that's in the field, it would make a big difference for them. But it is nice to have Springer back. And when Springer gets hot and it looks like he's starting to heat up, he could really go on a run. We've seen him do it before when the games have meant the most. He elevates his performance. And they could really use that boost at the top of the lineup.
0: Uh, one more question before we let you go: Is that, uh, that 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 Tampa Montreal thing, the split uh, seasons in the future? It sounds like a logistical nightmare. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So, so like I, I, from every indication I get, this is the owner uh, in Tampa or in St. Pete who is. It, it sounds like a good idea to him, but yeah. I gotta tell you that it just like they can't get. Tampa or St. Petersburg to build them a new stadium for a full season. Why would they build them a new stadium for half a season? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And effectively what they're doing is they're saying, we want to create a team that has to do with the blue Jays have done the last couple of years, which is playing multiple sites during the course of the season. When we looked at it and thought how remarkable it was that they did what they did. Now it would be, you know, half the season in Tampa, half the season in in Montreal, but from a fan's perspective, so I'm going to invest my time in the first half of the season, and then you're going to move and finish the season somewhere else. It doesn't make sense economically. It doesn't make sense competitively. It doesn't make sense from a fan's perspective. It doesn't make sense from a player's perspective. Now tell me what player free agent is going to say, let's sign up for this. And his wife, which player's wife is going to go along with that? Because what ends up happening is the wives are the ones left having to do all the relocating. And so what do you do with your kids in school? What do you do with where you live? What do you do with housing? You're going to get a lease for half a year. You're going to buy a place in in Tampa and in, in Montreal. But it's just the players association will be like, wait, what are you trying to do? This doesn't make any sense. So I, I think it's a negotiating ploy. I think it's leverage on trying to get Tampa to think that they're at risk of something to get them to build a stadium. And if I'm Montreal, why do I want to sign up for, for building a stadium for half a season when a couple of years from now, there will be expansion. They're going to get the 32. Once they get Tampa, like don't help Tampa and put yourself in a position with half a team, make Tampa get a solution somewhere else. So you can get a full team for a full season with your stadium. So I, I don't. I don't think it w- works for anybody except the owner in Tampa who thinks it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I said this before you came on. It sounds like Al Davis and the Raiders in the NFL years ago. He just he wanted a stadium deal, couldn't get it, moved to LA, and then moved back to Oakland, and and now they're gone to Vegas. So I mean, it's it is it is a search for a stadium, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really just negotiating. It feels like to me, and you know, Rob Manfred. Uh, is more than willing to go along with leverage plays. You know, like in Oakland, you know, they can't seem to get the vote that they need. And so he says, listen, Vegas is real. We're going to go and explore Vegas right now. When I don't think they want to take the Vegas market out of expansion either as a potential place to go. Uh, and so uh, I think that's leverage to get Oakland to finally, you know, get something done. And if they, you know, for the final chance, give it a chance. And if they can't do it, then move on somewhere else. And he's willing to support that, as he should. I think it's all about negotiating and, and applying pressures. And so uh, I just I don't see the two-city plan making any sense at all.
0: Totally agree. Uh, just a quick thought on the way out. Uh, gut reaction, uh, the Jays will do what this week?
1: I think they go five and one. I think they win two out of three against the Yankees, and I think they sweep the Orioles. And that puts them in a place to to get the second wild-card spot or a tie to to play a one-game playoff for that second wild-card spot. Okay, we're going to hold you to that. Thanks a lot, Steve. Appreciate it. (laughs) You got it. We'll talk to you soon.